After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Hopefully get uh, Chris Schultz, the athletic director of Dearborn Advanced Tech Academy. Dearborn Advanced Tech Academy. Yeah, and also the founder of Friday Night Victors. Oh, he's the founder? Yes, he is oh, the founder. Okay, nice. I didn't know he was the founder. I always, I thought it was someone else. Wasn't it Gary Hoff I thought was the founder? Gary uh, has joined it. Oh, he's joined in, but he yeah. wasn't the founder of Friday Night Victors. Yeah, Chris is the one who has founded it, so I'm going to message Chris right now. People can uh, be there, and I think that's Chris calling in right now. All right. So, Chris, can you give us some insight uh, what it's like now just finding out, or a couple days ago, with the uh, high school football now resuming? Oh well, I've uh, you know I don't know if you know this, but I'm also I'm an athletic director at a at a charter high school in the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. All our kids are from the from the city of Detroit, mm-hmm. and our kids were ecstatic for football. Uh, just very excited. I know a lot of them. Uh, we had started classes this week, 100% online from home, and I know quite a few of them were down and out because they were really looking forward to the to the football season and and a lot of our kids already have a lot of negative in their life and and football is a positive for them so when they heard the news uh they were extremely excited we were we were actually out on the practice field because the the michigan high school athletic administration uh, our association head um you know told us we could have 16 practices well that was one of our our practices going on and it was all voluntary and, and we had kids out there so when I was able to text the coach, hey, here's what's going on, he was able to relay that, and there was a lot of excitement. So uh, super excited for, for our football kids uh, who get a chance to play, and it looks like we'll get a seven-game season at the least, which is nice. So you guys actually were having practice, but probably weren't going to have a season, well, till spring, basically. Yeah, yeah. What it is is uh, the MHSAA had said that uh, you could have 16 practices. And so, you know, we had uh, decided to go on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, basically for eight weeks and uh, just work on little things. You know, a lot of it was going to be conditioning type stuff, uh, you know, following all of the the social distancing that we're required to do and uh, all the protocols that were put in place by the governor and the MHSA. And uh, so we were just, yeah, we were getting practicing, you know, just doing what they were allowing us to do. And uh, so, you know, even though we have a small team and we're a small school where we tried to stay ahead of the game, I kind of had a, a thought that football may come back. I didn't have any inside knowledge other than I was, you know, just looking at, at what was going on elsewhere and, and, and looking at the numbers and how it affects uh, kids under the age of 18. And it just seemed to me that we could, uh, you know, that we could move forward with this. So 
Oh, good. And we have Chris Schultz here on the phone lines on 88.3 WGTs after further review. Can I ask you a, a few questions, especially from the AD point of view? Initially, sure. why did they push it to the spring, seeing that other states look like they were going to go forward with the fall? Uh, I, I, I don't know if I know the exact answer to that other than, uh, you know, I know I, obviously I'm very involved in the MHSAA and I'm involved in the, the MIAAA, which is the Athletic Directors Association for Michigan. Mm-hmm. And there's great people and, and Mark Ewell from the MHSAA. Uh, I think they wanted to play football all along. I think it was really out of their control. It was, you know, it had to do with, with the law that was put in place through the governor's emergency powers. I don't know which number it was, maybe 130 or something like that, that really kind of prohibited it. And, you know, a lot of people were, were asking the MHSAA to just force her hand, but, I, I don't think it's that easy to do. So I, I think no. there were some, yeah, there were some powers outside of the sports community controlling things. And I think they were well-intentioned, obviously, by the governor, uh, but maybe a little short-sighted uh, because I don't think uh, maybe she expected the reaction she got from, from the football parents mm-hmm. and the football community and, and the athletic community in general. So, uh, I, I think they were just doing what they had to do based on the governor's order at that point. And then now they're having football. Do you think it's because they probably saw what happened in the other states like Indiana and Ohio and said, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. Let's go and continue with football. Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, you know, and, and then when she came out, on, I guess it was officially Friday or maybe it was Thursday. I can't remember now. It's all kind of was thursday i think it was thursday yeah it was thursday yeah i I was Uh, at work when it got announced yeah i i think uh when she did that executive order 170 that opened it up and i know she had the michigan health department or the michigan health department commented and said they don't think we should play football in michigan and the governor said that as well but she was going to leave it up to the parents and and those in charge and uh so there we have it. We've got football, and we're excited for, for September uh, 17th, 18th, 19th, which will be the first weekend of high school football in Michigan. Once again, we have Chris Schultz here on the phone lines, and he's an athletic director, which is actually pretty good because we get to see it from the athletic director's side. A lot of people don't see it from the athletic director's side, and that's a really tough job. And now what are some things that you have to do? Is, was it a scramble? I mean, now it's like, okay, you have football. So now, now what do you go from the sketch? I, I know Frank was talking earlier that you just go start from week four, but is it as easy as easier said than done basically? Well, uh, in my case, it, it wasn't because we're, we're only a third year football program and we are playing in a league that we're not a member of. They include us in the schedule. Uh, which is nice because it helps with scheduling. So the first thing I did was send an email to our week four through week nine opponents saying, hey, we're in if you're in still. And uh, I started getting responses in pretty quickly. There's still a couple I haven't heard from yet, but they may be on their Labor Day weekend. Uh, then on the other end, it, you know, we don't have busing, so I rent all my buses. Mm-hmm. So I had to reach back out to my busing company, and uh, I was thinking, oh, gosh, they're going to be on vacation. And I got an email late Thursday night saying, you should be good, Chris, but we'll be back in on Tuesday to let you know. <laughs> and then the other thing is I don't have a home football field, so I rent my fields. 
And, uh, you know, we normally use Lawrence Technological University in Southfield, but Mm -hmm. they had let us know in June that they weren't going to be renting the field this year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So then I was scrambling in in late June, early July to find my fields. And I secured a place. It took a bunch because a lot of people weren't renting their fields out. Just, I guess, liability issues with COVID. Uh, But I did find a venue. And then so when they canceled the season. I kind of canceled the venue. So now I've reached out to the venue and we're, we're good to go. So, uh, there was a lot of things had to go through. I did it. You know, I reached out to my assigner for my home games today and, and we're good with him. So there's a lot of things to jump through, uh, you know, that maybe, you know, some schools don't have to deal with. And, uh, from a, from a player standpoint and from the coach's standpoint, we've had all these protocols in place and, and because the MHSA was allowing us those practices in the fall, we were, you know, I think it's going to be a seamless transition when we come out there on, on Tuesday uh, after school to, to hit the practice field. What division are you in in, in Michigan? Or we are, we're division, we're division six. We mm-hmm. have 417 kids in the high school. And uh, so it's, you know, there's eight divisions in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're kind of lower level football. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, Chris, oh no, do- man! We we uh, we run the we run the tee just like a a lot of small schools do. We run the ball a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's maybe not the most exciting brand of football, but uh, we think it's good for our kids. Well, Chris, you did mention in the, your recent post on Friday Night Victors that the MHSA was going to possibly expand to ten divisions for this year. Can you ten. elaborate more on that, just so everybody could get in? <laughs> Yeah, here's 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 the thing. They're letting everybody into the playoffs this year, and uh, and and this is just a hunch on my part, an educated guess because I'm not in behind the scenes. But when they let everybody in, there's gonna be an extra added week to the playoffs, and I I think they want to make sure it lines up so everybody has a game that first week of the playoffs, and then obviously the second and third and so on but you do have some school districts who aren't having fall sports at all so lansing school district they're not having fall sports so you got to take those teams out of the equation uh ann arbor i believe is in the same boat and there's some others that have announced so so normally what happens is this was new this year for the state of michigan and football they had eight equal divisions of i don't know 72 73 teams per division and then the top 32 teams in each division were going to get in the playoffs and they were going to go from there with computer Uh, points yeah with computer points Mm -hmm. you know based on you know one loss record and and stuff like that it's pretty complicated but it's maybe not so much uh not as complicated as you think but uh so they're going to expand to everybody but you know some divisions are going to have less teams because school districts are opting out Uh, you know i heard I heard, uh, what was it, yesterday that there's a school district, big school district out on the north side of, of uh, Detroit, and I can't remember who it was, so I don't want to misspeak, but they were talking about not having football at their school. And so you you have some superintendents and maybe some school boards uh, going to back out and not be a part of it. They've been told by the, the Athletic Association, you can play in the spring, so they'll, they'll try and play in the spring. So... That's where the 10 divisions comes in. They may have to do that to just make sure 
everybody has a playoff game that first week. It's just to make the numbers work. I believe that's what's going on. Oh, okay. So this won't be permanent or anything like that. No, no, okay, no, okay. sir. They'll yeah. uh, <laughs> they'll go back to the rate, you know, as soon as we can get past. I'll be honest with you. With, with football, and I know in basketball, every team gets in for the playoffs, but with football, it's a little bit different, especially with it being a physical contact sport. And let's face it, if – if your team is trash, if you're going 0 and 9 or 0 and 10 in Ohio, you need to stop the bleeding. There's no point in having an extra game, so then then you can get pretty much rickrolled again and, and, and embarrassed. And, and and by that point, the weather's changing. The kids are probably tired of the season anyway. You know, it's it's time to just clean out the locker room and basically start basketball or or winter sport at that point. So I hope. That Michigan and I know Ohio is next year is going to expand their playoffs, but it gets to a point where it's like, look, guys, you need to make the playoffs special. You know, for a lot of football players, when they have a really great season and they get in, it's very special. Now, I do know, and it has happened in Ohio, where teams have been undefeated and the computer points don't line up because their schedule is kind of weak. And that's not their fault. It's just some year, some teams just have a down year and they just don't give them enough computer points. But I, I just don't believe in trying to let everybody come into the party. Yeah, I think it's just a one year thing because of because of COVID and we've already lost, you know, three games on the front end. So I think it's just a chance to get everybody uh, you know, an extra game. How I probably would have approached it personally would have been let's still just go with the top thirty two teams, but then give those teams that were on the outside looking in uh, an extra week to play a game against each other. And, and you know, sometimes that's a good, uh, that'd be a good opportunity if you had two teams that had gone 0 and 6, they could play each other and yeah. one of them try and get a win before the season ends. That's how I would have done it. But that's uh, fair. You know, that takes some, that takes some logistical work as well. So I, I think one of the things the MHSA is going to try and do, and once again, educated guests on my part, is I, I think when they put together, and they do this anyways, but with the districts, they'll try and keep teams really, really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in in our situation where we're in, we're in East Dearborn, we probably have four or five other schools our side who play our size who played football within a ten minute drive of us. So it would just make sense to have us play because. You know, we're in the same geographic location, which means we've probably been around the same people. When you're trying to keep, uh, you know, travel down a little bit during uh, COVID. And I, and I think that's one of the, the things that was maybe happening with college football. You know, the Big Ten, everybody's like, oh, the Big Ten should play, the Big Ten should play. Well, when you do that, you've got people coming together all the way from basically New Jersey all the way to Nebraska and everywhere in between, right? So you're covering a large geographic area that has maybe a completely different dynamic for COVID, right? As opposed to one small geographic area like Michigan, and then you can even get it smaller, as I referred to as teams in our area. Hopefully that makes sense, but I think they may do that as well. So, Wow, dropping a lot of knowledge here with this. (laughs) Well, Chris, one one thing I want to get your thoughts on with – the season starting in what would have been week four, which is now week one, some of the games that are lost, and Derek and I kind of mentioned this, some of the rivalry games and games I thought were must-watch this year, like Dundee and Ida, that's off the table now. Do you think that they should have possibly changed things around so that you get like some rivalry games that were lost in 
Or for another instance, how about SMCC and Milan game, games where the last two years have been really exciting and gone down to the final minute? Yeah, I think in a perfect world, it'd be great if you could if you could play those games, but it would have been a scheduling nightmare. I mean, scheduling football is already hard enough, uh, you know, outside of your league because some teams don't want to play other teams. But I think it was really important if you wanted to move forward with the season, you just had to pick up with week four. And if there were a couple of games that, uh, you know, don't happen, they just don't happen. You know, it, it stinks, but I think. But technically, could it happen? Is it like Ohio where, isn't it? I know there's a rule. Is it like you can be in the playoffs, but if you elect not to, you can still play an extra game. So let's say. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't have that in, in, in place this year. Okay. And that's what I kind of alluded to earlier, that I think it would have been better if, to have done that. Okay. Uh, okay. Just keep the teams where they were, 32 per division. And, right. And then let the other teams schedule each other. But. Uh, that makes yeah, no I think sense. You just got the rivalry games. Just got to kind of go to the side this year, uh, <clears throat> here and there. I mean, it, it, it's too bad, and and you know, I really would have liked to have seen. Uh, it's not so much a rivalry game, but I, I believe River Rouge and Grand Rapids Catholic Central were playing week two. I would have loved to have seen a game like that be played. You know, two of the better. I think that would have been the Division Three state champs versus Division Four. Wow, from last year. So. Uh, there's some good games that got canceled, but I, I think at this point everybody just wants to be playing football, and they're going to play the schedule in front, in front of them regardless of who it is. Right. Uh, and there's still a lot of rivalry games in there. I know in the Huron League, uh, you know, rivalry week is is always uh, week eight, so those teams are still getting to play their biggest rivals. You know, Riverview's playing Grozeal, SMCC's playing Monroe Jefferson, uh, so those games are still you know happening. Um, so yeah, you're going to miss out on some and, 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 uh, you know, but it is what it is. You just want to play the schedule at this point. Can I ask how come they didn't do seven weeks of regular season? I mean, most leagues we were talking about it, me and Frank, before you got on, most, most leagues have eight teams and very rarely do you have maybe six or 10, but usually the magic number is eight. Obviously if you play for a team, you can't count yourself. So you play seven other teams and you can decide the league that way. It seemed like there was this magic number of six. Why six? Well, I think it's just a timing issue. I don't I don't think we could get everybody on the field uh you know, this week, which would have been mm-hmm. which would be week three. I think it's a, the earliest we could get everybody out there to play week a game four. and game yeah. ready would be week four. And then Really, the leagues are different. Like, you know, the Huron League has non-league week week one and week nine. Yeah, Frank talked about that. Uh, the, the league we're in, uh, the league starts week two and jumps around because there's only seven teams in there. And, and okay. fortunately for us, we don't, we don't play anybody in the league until week four. So we're going to play the entire league schedule. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of leagues are different. You know, the LCAA, they, they play non-league the first two weeks, I think. So... There's there's not a lot of conf, uh, you know conformity or I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. The leagues are really different mm-hmm. from you know it used to be eight team was the standard. It's not so much anymore for whatever reason. You know you get these mega leagues. Mm-hmm. You know like the OK Conference out there in in the Grand Rapids area. I think they got like forty some teams in that league and they're split into divisions. Although they may be divisions of eight teams. 
Yeah, um, that's like uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the SBC, the the Sandusky Bay Conference. Is like that. It's a sure. mega league, but it's split up to where I think it's three different divisions. Where each division, all the schools are, you know, enrollment wise equal to each other. Right. Okay. Yeah. I. You know. I think I, ideal. Ideally, that would be the way to do it. And and you know, kind of getting off topic. If you ever look at the way Texas does high school football with the state assigning districts, which are essentially leagues, Mm -hmm. they have a great system in place for high school football. It's, I I wish we would do that here, but it would break up some traditional leagues, but it would really elevate the, the, the competition in football, in my opinion. How can you elaborate on what they do? Because it might be good for Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. You know what they do down in Texas is they basically have, districts which are leagues so Mm -hmm. my my older brother lives down in converse well used to live in converse texas which is a suburb of san antonio and you're assigned eight teams and then the top three teams from each district uh of eight some are a little bit bigger some are a little smaller they're they're geographical but so if there were eight teams the top three teams in your your district or league would get into the state playoffs so what makes this cool is they play 10-game schedules. So only the league or district games count towards the state playoffs. So what you see in Texas, week one is the number one team in the state will play number two. Number three will play number four. Number five plays number six. And they play at the Alamo Dome. And then wow. I think they, they try and do the same thing uh, in Dallas as well. They get all these top teams in to play each other. So you see this great competition, but it doesn't count towards the playoffs at all because that's all based on your league or district. So it's really, it's it's really a neat system. You get to see a lot of great players under one roof, and you don't get teams avoiding each other because they need playoff points or, or this or that. And that makes I sense, know yeah. <laughs> uh, Converse Judson, uh, which, like I said, where my brother used to live, they've won five state titles. But the last time they won a state title, they entered the they entered their district or league season at zero and three, and then they end up winning their league, and you know they get on a roll, and and they're a big school. So let me let me tell you what happens once they have all the teams that make the playoffs, right? Based mm-hmm. on those districts, they then split them into twelve even divisions. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there's 6A big school, 6A small school, and when I say small school, so 6A big school might be uh, schools with 4,000 kids or more. Wow. Uh, 6A oh. small school might be kids with three to 4,000 kids. They have big schools down there, and then it goes all the way down to the smallest schools, and they separate private from public. Really? So, uh, yeah. That's been a and, big debate here in Ohio. Well, it's Michigan. been a big debate, a debate here in Michigan, and, and you know, the, it's funny because the private schools do really, really well here in Michigan, and, and, and the, the people who want to split them up are sometimes from public schools. Down in Texas, the public schools are superior, mm. you know, and because and, and I, I asked my brother about that. I said, well, why don't the private schools play in the public school? And he said, because they're not any good. You know, but, you know, you got a school like Converse Judson who's got 4,500 kids in the high school and they've got 400 kids in their football program, right? Uh, It's just, it's almost like small college. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've heard some of the stadiums are like small colleges, right? Oh, yeah. He had to have season tickets and they held 15,000 people at their high school stadium. Wow. So it's it's just a different world. And, 
you know, but uh, we still have great football up here and great players for sure. I know that. So, so I got to ask you as an AD, what are the attendance requirements? Is it like 15% of what the stadium can hold? Or is there a certain a number? Yeah, you know, that's, that's something I haven't sat down and looked at too closely. Uh, but from what I can tell is right now, every player is going to get two tickets. Okay. And so, uh, and they're going to try and social distance from, from that standpoint, how that's going to work. I'm not sure. I, I think our league is talking about uh, giving each kid two vouchers and then they take the vouchers to the table or the parents take the voucher to the table and then they pay their $5 to get in uh, and, and go from there. But it's, it's, it's looking like two, two parents or two, two tickets per per uh, student, but I, I'm not sure if that's the case or not, because I think it does have to be family. I don't think you can just give those tickets to anybody because uh, they are trying to keep people from the same household. So you do have, you know, you're able to put social distancing in place and stuff right. like that. But that's still something I'm thumbing through. There was a lot of stuff that came out on that. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Now, if someone can't get in the game, or do you have, like, down here in Ohio, we have, like, a, a station called BCSN, and then there's some schools that actually use maybe, like, their their huddle, uh, uh, the live huddle that they have mounted somewhere in the gym or at the football stadium. Will you have, like, any type of live feeds where if people can't get in, they can watch the game for a small fee or maybe uh, free? Yeah, you know, it, it, it normally is the Michigan High School Athletic Association has the rights to all of those games okay. live. Okay. So normally you cannot Facebook live those. Wow. Okay. But we were told uh, that we will be able to do stuff like that. So, you know, like, for instance, with us, uh, we huddle every every game. Mm-hmm. We'll probably live stream that somehow. The easiest way to live stream it is on Facebook. Right. It's just easy. They've got it all set up. It's easy to do. Uh, my daughter's a, a senior volleyball player uh, at a school in, in Michigan here, and, and that's how they're going to do the games. They're just going to face stream live. They've got they've got the uh, the Pixelot program, I think mm-hmm. it's called, at their school where it's up there, and right. there won't be any announcer or anything like that, but you'll at least be able <laughs> to see the game, right? Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's going a little bit too. I mean, if you just want to see the game, see the game. You're right. We don't. You don't need all the announcers and stuff. Right, and I I can tell you this with ours. And I thought about this a little bit. If I can get a couple of people on board at our games, we'll try and have some sort of of rudimentary announcer going on. Once again, we're a small school. But if, you know, we're going to try and let people know it's, you know, first and 10, third and seven, who carried the ball, obviously what the score is. We're going to try and keep on top of that because if sometimes if you're just watching video, it's 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 not a lot of fun. Right. right? Especially so there's got to be yeah. some commentary in there. So. Uh, we're going to try and do that on our end. I would imagine some other schools would do that as well. I mean, I watched, I did watch a lot of AAU basketball in, uh, in Fort Wayne. They had Indianapolis and Fort Wayne pretty much at tournaments, but in Fort Wayne, which they called the Summit City, um, the gym rats would broadcast their games. And it was really a good, high quality broadcast. It was free. Obviously, they had sponsors that were sponsoring them, they had commercials. And it, it was really a great feed, a little bit better than a certain company that I subscribe to where, you know, I guess other coaches and college coaches subscribe to where you, you could barely even see what the kids look like because it was on a crappy iPad. 
But this was actually a pretty good production. And I, I hope for Michigan and Ohio that goes the same way. Now, they were streaming their stuff on YouTube. There is a way. I do know on Huddle you can set up a YouTube page and you can link it to a YouTube uh, page for people to watch. So, But also Facebook is also easy as well. Yeah, and I think with, a, you know, especially some of the big schools up here in Michigan, uh, they have broadcasting uh, classes and broadcasting teams, mm-hmm. and they broadcast a lot of their games. Uh, they're just, if you want to see them live, you got to pay a fee normally, right? Normally, yep. Uh, but so I imagine they'll be doing their thing just like they have. So I, I think if people really want to see the game and they can't be there because of the pandemic, they'll probably get to see it. And, and I think you'll be able to see just about any sport you want, nice. you know, cause it's, somebody's going to have a camera on it mm-hmm. somehow. Now you have all sports right now at your school. You have other fall sports than football. Yeah. You know, we, it, we, uh, we're kind of a unique situation. So our league in, in volleyball and soccer, we had six of our schools and they're all charter schools, six of the nine schools in our league, decided to not have any any fall sports at all uh our our league that we're normally in does not have football so we're in a different league for that Mm -hmm. so when our league decided or or those schools all decided our league got together and came to the agreement that we were going to offer volleyball in march and we were going to offer boys soccer in april and we were going to make sure our league schedules got played and we had championships and we're going to do the volleyball by playing quads and and then the soccer is just going to be a standard round robin you know you play everybody mm-hmm. and and then we're going to have a championship game so we moved those sports uh into the spring and then uh cross country we don't have a lot of teams that have cross country in our league but it seems like the teams that were still having sports in the fall we're having it so we're having cross country and first meets are next week so uh we're going forward with some and others who are waiting until the spring so that's boys and girls soccer is in the spring right uh well girls girls soccer is normally in the spring so ah, that's right. boys, I, I forgot about we that. moved boys soccer to the spring mm-hmm. yeah so it's a little different and what we decided to do in our league with the girls is uh even though they're normally you know march april may we're going to put the entire league schedule into may so because we've got a couple of schools who they've got the same coach for boys and girls, they just, you know, normally they're in different seasons, <laughs> just like basketball. So back in the day. It's, been a, it's been a juggling act, but uh, we're going to make it work. And it's all about the kids. And, you know, a lot of this really has to do with the kids, not only their physical health, but their, their mental health. And I know that's something that's been been talked about, you know, maybe not as much as it should be. But these kids really need stuff to do. You know, it's just. You know, now, David Kaiser had a uh, question. Do th- now can the student body go to the games? Uh, can band members get vouchers as well as also cheerleaders? Or is like no? I I'm not that clear on it, but from what I've read, it doesn't seem like it. Hmm. Uh, it it doesn't seem like it. But like I said, I haven't gotten through everything yet. Uh, that may be a question for someone who's you know who spent the entire last couple of nights reading everything well yeah and then they dropped it on you <laughs> on a holiday weekend and most yeah, people are yeah, like well we'll uh, respond back to you on tuesday you know that yeah, is that was kind of bad timing yeah unfortunately i don't i don't think students are going to be allowed because 
you know, right away, my daughter came to me and she said, I'm not going to be all allowed to go to the football games this year. And it was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. So, uh, anyways, that's where we're at guys, I got to sign off. I appreciate you having me on. Oh no. Chris, yeah, one, one final question, Chris, from uh, Dave Kaiser. He asked if they're still going to be able to play the title games at Ford field. Uh, they did come out and say they don't think that will happen. Uh, and, and that stinks, but it comes, I think it just comes down to, you know, the pandemic and, and then I think the finals actually might be played the week after Thanksgiving this year because of the extra, the extra, uh, yeah. So where do you think they'll uh, be played at? No clue. No (laughs) idea. I don't, I don't. I, I mean that's kind of a head a head scratcher because if the Lions are playing at the stadium, you can't have high school football. I mean I can understand. Well, I, uh, I think I think what the deal is is you know the the MHSAA pays for, to use Ford Field. Oh, that's and right. They're able to cover it because it's ten dollars a ticket and you get you know no thirty thousand yeah. thirty five thousand people there over the weekend. If you can't have those people there, you can't pay for the venue. Mm. Now it'd be great. If the Lions stepped up and said, hey, you know what, we'll do you a solid and, and let you guys have it for free so the kids could play. Maybe that's in the works. I don't know. Mm. So That would be a good gesture from the NFL, especially, or the Lions. You know, they always want to see kids play. So you, you have those commercials, and then they say, oh, wait a minute, buddy, we need to charge here. You're yeah, kind of contradicting I, I, yourself from the commercials you play on Sundays promoting kids to play football. Right. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you this. I think if – if somebody approached the Lions organization and it was allowed uh, as much as they do for kids with summer camps, uh, I think they'd be all for it. Uh, they're a very they're a very positive uh, organization towards uh, high school football here in Michigan. And the NFL really is in general. They do a great job of, of promoting the sport and supporting kids and giving money. So I, I think if that somehow gets suggested, I think they'd find a way to make that happen. Oh, nice. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking time out your your busy day and uh, yes, sir. dropping us golden knowledge of nuggets. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, getting more content up on the website. I'll be working on my uh, team previews this week, and I'm sure that you'll be getting yours up there as well as Gary I, as well. I, now, I've, I've been informed that you're the founder of Friday Night Victors. Yeah, I founded that in uh, 2009 in... Uh, I just, uh, you know, I became an athletic director a year or two later, and we didn't add football until three years ago, so I was able to do it uh, pretty pretty well on my own there for a long time, and then when football kind of got in the pictures, like, I better pick up some people, and Frank's one of the best in the business. He, he's No one's more diligent than him when it comes to, to breaking down a, a game, so uh, I'm glad to have him on board, along with Gary Hoff, who came on board a, a few years ago as well, so... Uh, it's something I kind of do for fun, and, and, it, and it creates creates a lot of work in the fall. But it's always been about the kids, and, and you know we get great support from the community that, that reads the blog and, and stuff like that. So uh, I still enjoy doing it. I'm gonna keep doing it as long as I can. Yeah, and since Frank has joined, he's also picked up some haters. Ah, you know, people are people, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Chris. <laughs> All right, guys, take care now. Talk to you later, Chris. That was Chris Schultz, the AD where? Dearborn Advanced Tech Academy. Dearborn Advanced Tech Academy. Well, do they play cast? 